This is CPX number 113, The Last CPX. Today we look at the worst sins, and we are in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 154 to 155, question and answer number 1 through 9. God give you his peace in omni patri sufiti, speedy tu sancti, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, Come dwell in us, cleanse us, and save us. You who are all good, amen. In omni patri sufiti, spiritu santi, amen. Number one, what is a vice? A vice is an evil disposition of the mind to shirk good and do evil, arising from the frequent repetition of evil acts. Number two, what difference is there between a sin and a vice? Answer, between sin and vice, there is this difference, that sin is a passing act, whereas vice is a bad habit contracted by continually falling into some sin. Number three, which are the vices called capital? Answer, the vices called capital are seven. Pride, covetousness, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth. Number four, how are the capital vices conquered? Answer, the capital vices are conquered by the exercise of the opposite virtues. Thus, pride is conquered by humility, covetousness by liberality, lust by chastity, anger by patience, gluttony by abstinence, envy by brotherly love, sloth by diligence, and fervor in the service of God. Number five, why are these vices called capital? They are called capital because they are the head and fount of many other vices and sins. Number six, how many are the sins against the Holy Ghost? Answer, the sins against the Holy Ghost are six. Number one, despairing of being saved. Number two, presuming on being saved without merit. Number three, opposing the known truth. Number four, envying another's graces. Number five, obstinately remaining in sin. Six, final impenitence. Number seven, why are these sins specially said to be against the Holy Ghost? Answer, these sins are specially said to be against the Holy Ghost because they are committed through pure malice, which is contrary to goodness, the special attribute of the Holy Ghost. Number eight, what are the sins that are said to cry out to God for vengeance? Answer, the sins that are said to cry out to God for vengeance are these four. Number one, willful murder. Number two, the sin of sodomy. Number three, oppression of the poor. Number four, defrauding laborers of their wages. Number nine, why are these sins said to cry out to God for vengeance? Answer, these sins are said to cry out to God for vengeance because the Holy Ghost says so, and because their iniquity is so great and so manifest that it provokes God to punish them with the severest chastisements. And this is the end of the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, a little bit of my commentary to follow here. Now, I'm not talking about traditionalists here when I say conservative here, but there was a celebrity conservative priest and a celebrity conservative bishop in very different forums that taught that unnatural sins, I think you know what I mean by that, the sins being promoted by James Martin, we won't say him because I can get booted from YouTube for saying that word, uh, these two conservative uh, priest and bishop, I don't think they know each other, but they know who the other one is. They taught that these unnatural sins are just as bad as other mortal sins. 
Now, that's a problem because all of the four sins that we're going to look at really briefly, the four sins that cry out to God for vengeance, of course, all four of those are mortal, but not all mortal sins cry out to God for vengeance, at least not immediately like the four that we're going to look at. So this quote-unquote conservative priest and this quote-unquote conservative bishop who taught that these, uh, we'll call them unnatural sins, are just as bad as other mortal sins of the Sixth and Ninth Commandment. And the priest even said it was as bad as getting drunk. And yes, drunkenness is a mortal sin, but not one that cries out to God for vengeance. So this conservative priest and this conservative bishop obviously did not know or remember or care that the church says there are four sins that are not only mortal sins, but have the extra weight of crying out to God for vengeance. So it's interesting to me, or not interesting, I should say it's devastating to me that the left, including Catholic leftists, are pushing the first of those two worst sins possible. How are they doing that? One, by abortion, because that's willful murder. And two, what we'll call the alphabet soup agenda. And then if you look at communism, which the leftists is also pushing, including Catholics, you have to remember that also leads to the oppression of the poor and defrauding labors of their wages. So that proves the leftists are pushing the four sins that cry out to God for vengeance. Now, if you look at, and I know there's a lot of traditionalists that have turned on Trump. In full transparency, I, I really like the guy still. I wasn't, I mean, I don't like uh, Operation Warp Speed and um, some other things. But if you look at our country now, it's very clear. I mean, look, real quick point. Look how many United States jobs Trump created. Now look at just like the price of gas. This is the effect of communism. And isn't that amazing? The third and the fourth sins to cry out to God for vengeance is oppression of the poor and defrauding labors of their wages. So the left is, is pushing through abortion and the alphabet soup agenda and their socialist politics, all four sins to cry out to God for vengeance. And so every priest is required to stand up against these things. This is why I talk about this stuff. It's not because I happen to like politics. No, no, no. All politics are downstream of theology. So the leftists pushing those things are promoting Satan's agenda. And if you think that's an exaggeration, again, just go through the four sins that the Pope just listed, and these were sins that cried out to God for, for vengeance long before Pope St. Pius X wrote them down, and see that Catholic Democrats are pushing all four of them. The first two directly, and the second two, well, they claim they're against them, but communism always ends up harming the poor. Okay, but let's look a little bit more at our own sins now. We will look at number six from today's question and answer. Remember the last time we talked about going from confession back to sin and then back into the confessional and then back to sinning? That is called recidivism in the old school terms. Recidivism is bad. Penitence shouldn't go to confession without firm resolution of amendment, the decision to change their lives. That's true. Um, however, I have to add that there are people up against new challenges that they weren't up against in the 1920s, which is, which is why I don't hesitate to say some traditional priests are probably too harsh on people on this. I mean, if Jesus tells us to forgive 77 times 7 times, then we have to admit, and no, Jesus is willing to forgive that many times in confession, especially when these sins come through weakness more than malice. So what I'm saying is that as long as you're truly sorry, you can go to confession as many times as you need to for a sin. Just remember, however, that for it to be a valid confession, you have to have firm resolution of amendment. You have to have some plan to change your life. Uh, but if you're sinning, 
and remember, when, by the term sinning, I don't mean just sixth and ninth commandment. Everyone's minds always go to that. That's fine. We have to we have to definitely tackle those because Our Lady said more people go to go to hell for sins against the sixth and ninth commandment than any other sin. But I'm talking all kinds of sins. If you're sinning with an actual plan to return to confession really soon, or with that plan even in the moment of sinning, then you are approaching, or I should probably say, guilty of the sin of presumption. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. Notice that the sin of presumption is listed as a sin against the Holy Ghost. And today, we look at the most serious sins. So I would suggest this to you. It's really good to go through today's sins with a fine-tooth comb in an examination of conscience to see if you're committing any of these sins against the Holy Ghost. Now, many of these that we're going to look like, they may not sound like serious sins, which is why if you were just reading the CPX on your own, you might have just kind of brushed over them and thought, I'm not guilty of any of those. But all sins against the Holy Ghost are especially dangerous to the soul. And as we look at them under a microscope, you might find that they have crept into your life a little bit more than you thought. We will repeat the question and answer for number six here. What are the sins against the Holy Ghost? And the Pope says that the sins against the Holy Ghost are six different ones. Number one, despairing of being saved. Number two, presuming on being saved without merit. Number three, opposing the known truth. Number four, envying another's graces. Number five, obstinately remaining in sin. And six, final impenitence. Okay, now when we read presuming on being saved without merit, that is not Pelagianism. We're not talking about getting to heaven without grace. I've already covered this in so many podcasts that if there's Protestants listening, just go listen to the past ones. Merit does not replace grace. Uh, we're not going to get into that today because we've, we've talked way too much about that already. Um, but I do want to give a commentary on these. You know, we think of despair and pride as different, but in my pastoral practice, and sometimes in my own life, my own sins, I find that presumption usually leads to despair, and then despair feeds presumption, and then you end up in this positive feedback loop of two of the worst sins. So my suggestion as you look at the sins against the Holy Ghost is be on guard against self-reliance, spiritual pride, and self-pity. Now, I know we have listeners from all over the world, and as you know, I've done mission work on numerous continents, but I think we Americans, and I include myself in this especially, we are especially guilty of self-reliance, spiritual pride, and self-pity. And we have to stop those three because they are a slippery slope. If you just listen to the sins against the Holy Ghost, those are a very slippery slope into those. So that's why it's a good idea to do an examination of conscience on these. Uh, notice one of the sins against the Holy Ghost the Pope just listed there. But again, this list was around probably for a thousand years, if not more, before Pope St. Pius X. But notice one of the sins against the Holy Ghost is envying another's graces. Isn't that interesting? Why is that? Well, I think because it's in the Bible. If you look in Wisdom chapter 2, verse 24, it says, But by the envy of the devil, death came into the world, and they follow him that are of his side. That's the Dewey Rhymes Bible, Wisdom 2.24. Notice it didn't say pride, but envy. Uh, the envy of the devil. By the envy of the devil, death came into the world. That is Wisdom chapter 2, verse 24 in the Old Testament. As most of you know, most of the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, but part of it was originally written in Greek, including the wisdom literature. And I've looked at the, the Greek of Wisdom 2.24, and it's definitely envy. Um, it's by envy that, it's by the envy of the devil that death came into the world. Okay, why is that? This is just my guess. This isn't a pope or the Bible. My guess is because Satan is always grasping and never content. 
He was envious of Mary even before Mary was conceived, even before Mary was born, because he was given a preview before he fell of the holiness of Mary. So we need to be on guard against jealousy and envy. I believe technically jealousy is when you want something that another has. Well, envy is even worse because you just don't want them to have it. That's what envy is. You just don't want them to have it. Now, Father Ripperger in his talk called uh, Our Lady of Fair Love, he talks about a time he was exercising a demon out of someone, and this demon obviously was once an angel before his fall, but this, this demon, once an angel, was originally set to be the leader of all the angels guarding the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let me say that again. This angel was set to be the leader of all the angels guarding the Blessed Virgin Mary. Of course, the question you should be asking in your mind is, well, how did he fall? Father Ripperger explains that this this angel was given a preview of the spiritual beauty of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he grasped at it, deciding he would not share her with God. Can you believe that? Even before the Blessed Virgin Mary was born, an angel was given a preview of her spiritual holiness, her spiritual beauty, and then somehow, I don't know if it was words or what, however angels communicate, he communicated, communicated to God he wouldn't share with God. <laughs> and then, I shouldn't laugh, he became a demon. Well, Father Ripperger found out in this exorcism that one of the titles of Our Lady that was particularly good at getting this demon to leave that possessed person was calling on Mary as speculum justitiae, that is, mirror of justice. Have you ever seen a giant mirror on a sunny day outside with no spots on it? Mary's not the source of all righteousness in the universe, but she reflects it like a giant mirror on a sunny day with no spots on it. So Father Ripperger got this demon to admit that Ultimately, this demon wasn't after Mary's holiness, but God the Father's holiness that she was reflecting. Hence, why the title, Mirror of Justice, as this title of Mary, worked so well against this demon, getting this demon out of this person. And you can hear all of this in the Census Fidelium talk called Our Lady of Fair Love. It's all in there. But back to CPX. What does this have to do with CPX? Well, it has a lot to do with envy so that we're not grasping. So I suggest a good examination of conscience on jealousy of others, uh, especially their spiritual lives. Okay, well, guess what? Today is the last CPX, but don't get sad. I'm not sad because this is our launching point to the series RCT, which stands for Roman Catechism of Trent. Now, it will be a longer series than this simply because the catechism is about eight times or ten times longer. Now, most of you have been with me for three years as I made that first CPX in a kind of a chop shoppy junky way in New Orleans that one summer. That was my first CPX, just kind of cutting my teeth on technology and teaching online. Uh, hopefully some of the clarity and the volume has increased, but I'll tell you the feedback has been extremely encouraging. Now I want to look at the math for a minute. Not numbers of listeners, but numbers of CPX that we've made. Sounds like a boring topic, but listen to this for a minute. Today is CPX 113. Now if you divide 113 by 30, you get 3.75 approximately. This means if you meet someone interested in the Catholic faith, you could ask them to do 15 minutes of this CPX series a day, and they would be done in 3.75 months. So you've been with me for three years. They can get this done in four months if they just go a little bit every day. You see that 113 divided by 30, as in 30 days a month, comes to just under four months if you do you know, CPX 1 on day 1, CPX 2 on day 2, CPX 3 on day 3. So imagine that, learning the entire Catholic faith in 15 minutes a day in less than 4 months. Uh, and that's what's so great 
not about my series, but about that catechism written by Pope St. Pius X, is that it's not only shorter than the Roman Catechism of Trent, it's actually shorter than the Baltimore Catechism. Now, the only thing different about my series, or maybe what it adds, in addition to the book, is that we are a hundred years into modernism that Pope St. Pius X warned about. So if you have someone that you know who's either a Catholic or non-Catholic or even unbaptized listen to this series, I think what it does is it protects them against modernism because I comment on how so many of Pope St. Pius X's warnings have come true by the 2020s. Now, the easy rebuttal of this would be, well, but it's better not to learn the dirty laundry of the Catholic faith, better just learn it in its pure version. But if you read the Summa of St. Thomas Aquinas, which just means summary, it was actually for seminarians, even though it's super complex and long for us now, in the 13th century, it's pretty basic. He included in that summary of the Catholic faith, in the objections, all of the errors of his day. So you can make the argument, the very best way to learn the faith is to tackle the arguments of the day. And I think that's what this series adds on top of the book that he wrote about 100 years ago. So if you have this series and you hand this off to someone who's either a poor Catholic or a Catholic who wants to get more into the faith, or a Protestant convert or a potential Muslim convert or Gothic convert or Buddhist convert or atheist convert, whatever, they can make sure that they learn the Catholic faith the right way. You can make sure that they learn the right Catholic faith. Apostolic Catholicism, primitive Christianity, instead of what they will learn in 80 to 95% of the parishes across the globe. So if you meet anyone and they're interested in the Catholic faith, please get them the book called Catechism of Pope St. Pius X. And if you don't think they're going to sit down and read it, then have them listen to my series on YouTube or this podcast, uh, or you can even go to my blog under talk section and watch all these under Rumble. Or if you think they're really hungry, have them both read it in the morning, CPX in the morning, and then do my series in the afternoon, either by video or podcast. Remember, four months at 15 minutes a day, and anybody, Catholic or non-Catholic, can learn the traditional Catholic faith in, again, four months. So we'll just wrap up CPX here, and I want to thank you. Thank you all so much for making it to the end of this series. I thank especially my donors who let me keep all of this in production with no ads on YouTube and no Patreon subscriptions. Why is that important? So we can reach the poor with the gospel too. Hope you had as much fun as me, and I hope you learned as much as me as we did this CPX series by this holy and saintly Pope. If you're watching on video like YouTube or Rumble or BitChute, please do subscribe and invite a friend to subscribe too. Remember, word of mouth does more for this series than anything I do on social media, I believe. If you're listening on a podcast app, please take five minutes to log on and give a rating. Finally, please make sure to get a hardback or softback or a Kindle version of Roman Catechism of Trent. We will start the video and audio series on that in about two weeks in August of 2022. Actually, we'll probably start in July of 2022. Please say an Our Father for me. Et benedictio Deum omnipotentis, Patris, Sifiri, Spiritus Santi, Descendet super vos, et mani et semper. Amen.